Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Jet Tattersall. Thank you for joining us. It is an absolute treat to be with you again. Now, before I introduce today's guest, we are so excited to let you know that issue 14 of Women in Pop magazine is out now, fresh from the printers. The divine Miley Cyrus is on the cover. And with the release of her new album, Endless Summer Vacation, and her monster hit, Flowers, she has absolutely killed it across 2023. Now, across 10 pages, we explore her career, an insatiable appetite for music, and life that has informed and transformed her music. We also have interviews with Freya Ridings, Kate Sobrano, Peach PRC, Alison Goldfrapp, and we look back at the career of pop innovators, the Sugar Babes. Oh, and we celebrate the 40th anniversary of Madonna's debut album. You can go and buy your copy now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or in a news agency near you. Now, there is very little our guest today cannot do. Not only can she crank out some pretty damn impressive pop, but she's also a songwriter, performs opera, dance and theatre, like more than triple threat, like all the threats. Her second album, Unbreakable, is released today and it is just incredible. It is the wonderfully talented Jess Hitchcock. Jess, hello and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello, Jet. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So delightful. And congratulations on uh, album birthday. How does it feel? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited, actually. It's so nice to have new music out into the world. Tell me, I mean, I've been absorbing this album days. I feel treated before other people. Um, but tell me, how did you approach this album? Because it's, you know, it's a beast. It is a bit of a beast, isn't it? It's It's very different to my first album. And I really wanted to create a different sonic sound for people in a different world and I really sort of lent into um the producers that I worked with especially and there were there were five people that worked on this album with me and I created it during lockdown and so part of that was you know people's time was sort of thin (laughs) like having to work with people online and um having to find that time on zoom and you know, I was writing some of these songs before lockdown even happened, knowing that I wanted to write a new album. And so some of the songs are pre-COVID and some of them are during lockdown. And I wouldn't say any of them are actually about COVID, but definitely about sort of the perseverance of becoming unbreakable and finding ways to um, use music as a vehicle to you know, stay positive and um, find courage and, yeah, definitely, you know, find your way through hard times through music is definitely the message that I wanted to send across with this album. Gorgeous. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a there's not, actually I'm going to play an example of why it's not a downer, but there is some like downer broken hearts in here, downer being broken hearts. But they're not necessarily applied to romantic relationships. They seem to be also applied to life or brokenhearted with possibly dreams that we had that might not come to fruition because of things that are out of our control, Um, which is what I love. So it's equally personal, but at the same time, it it can just move through both, I imagine, the creator and also the listener on so many different levels. Yeah, it's actually definitely not as much about, it's about relationships actually in all of its forms. It's about, you know, sibling relationships as well as friendships and, you know, that mentor-mentee relationship that everybody has in their lives as well as, you know, finding strength 
with that relationship that you have with yourself to become powerful and have courage and break out of things. And yeah, it's sort of, I think there's probably, there's not, it's less about that sort of breakup and more about that personal journey of after that breakup and um, reclaiming space and finding, finding new ways to sort of journey through life and, I think each song for me is sort of a reflection or a message to either myself or to the person that that song is about to say, hey, you are powerful and also I found my way through life through music and I hope that maybe you can do that too or maybe this song will help you find healing as well. Amazing. I'm actually going to play a track now because I guess it falls into that realm of like heartbreak but at the same time, there's there's a definite boogie in here. So here is on my own. What will it take for you to recognize it's not black and white? How can we find our way when all you do is turn out all the light? Run, run, run as fast as I can. We're headed for a breakdown. Oh, run, run, run as fast as I can. Together we'll be pulled down. God, that track's amazing. I love that track. Um, talk to me about this beast. Yeah, so this song, it is definitely a boogie, isn't it? And this song for me is, it's probably one of the hardest songs actually in terms of content, but it is the funnest. And it's about a person leaving a toxic relationship. And for me, I had this sort of vision in my mind. I've known so many people in my life who've had toxic relationships and and sometimes, you know, they are really abusive and you see people trying to get out of them and it's so difficult. And so I wanted to really sort of capture this idea of them taking power and literally just, it's not running away. It's sort of, I mean, run, run, run is obviously the hook, but it's it's taking ownership of your life. And I don't know, I always imagine that this person has children as well and they're just doing it for them and they're you know they're taking what they need and they're going and finding a new life in the next town and just um you know living their best life without that person and realizing that that person brings them down and that's not good for anybody around them your songwriting process you you just talked about visualizing the character or you see someone um so for you it really is that essence of storytelling as opposed to i guess purging in a journal and quite often we as consumers of art need to have a protagonist that we see ourselves in but I always kind of find it quite interesting when artists themselves create a character to get something across where where does that come from for you do you think in your background is it the music you are listening to it is it the theatre yeah um so I feel like I always write from a place of truth and what I mean by that is like it's always a something that I've lived or somebody that I know has lived through that and then I sort of either am I'm, I'm either telling their story and you know a little bit of me sort of seeps into that in a way and you know I feel like as a young person I was always 
I, I was always very romantic and I always like imagined myself in these fantastical scenarios. But, um, and so I could always like put myself in somebody else's shoes, I guess would be the sort of adult way of saying that. And I find myself when I'm writing sort of feeling empathy for these people and then being able to, you know, tell these stories through song and, you know, they're not always exactly that that way because you want the song to sort of go a certain way. But, yeah, I feel like I'm always writing from a place of truth that makes it easy for me to write the song because it's coming from something that I've either experienced or that I have em- that, that I can feel empathy for that person's experience, yeah. And you said that during uh, when you were creating this album, obviously it was lockdown and for a lot of artists it was a really troubling time because there was no income because there were no live music and I imagine that went through your entire community um the opera the theater you know and the pop world how have you found navigating the industry both I guess not even you know uh, lockdown aside just through your career as an independent or as a as a young artist in Australia yeah wow it's been so obviously lockdown was a real sort of rude awakening to how fickle being an independent artist is and I'm not sure if fickle is the right word but it's sort of I mean I guess unreliable might be the right word and it's not it's not a secure position and I mean I guess I sort of always knew that going in I'm I lived in I grew up in Sydney and I I moved to Melbourne when I about probably about eight years ago and knowing that I wanted to pursue a full-time career in music. And I came here and I was, you know, I, I worked as a singer and then I was a teacher at the same time. And now I work full-time as a as a singer, just, just singing, which is amazing. And not many people get to say that they can do that. But it took me a long time to get here. And when COVID hit, I sort of realised that my whole life is just reliant on basically touring and if I'm not allowed to leave my house, I can't really do anything. <laughs> and so that was really scary. But also it was also really eye-opening for me because as soon as I was allowed to start singing again and touring, I realised how much that I missed it and how much I really loved doing it. And I know for a lot of people in the in this industry, they that's not the effect that it had. A lot of people had the, the opposite effect and are now not working in the music industry and refused to work back in the music industry. And we lost a lot of really amazing crew and um, a lot of singers as well um, who have just gone, oh, well, it, you know, an industry that I worked for for 30 years didn't support me when I needed it the most. And I don't want to go back into that just in case it happens again. So that's really sad and scary. And, you know, a lot of really great knowledge and wisdom has been lost in that, in that area. So yeah, I'm not sure what you asked me, but I sort of went off in a bit of a tangent. No, that was good. I was asking how you navigated the industry, but that that was to a point. And you've just made such a such a good point that I guess the the varnish or the the you know the gloss of that career has really come away. I mean, it started to come away with social media because uh, as listeners and fans, we were able to have a bit more of a personal connection with an artist but even more so during any kind of tough time because you they can actually see artists going, look, it's not great. Like we're all like everyone else. 
living on nothing and this is just not sustainable. Um, but it was always sold to us. I mean, you, the way you even call it, like a singer. I wanted to be a singer. It's such a, it's such a beautiful childlike fantasy. And I guess we always assume that we're safe if we get there. Yeah. I mean, even to this day, you know, I still have people sort of ignorant of what it is to my job, what my job actually is. And, you know, people sort of say, oh, well, like, so how do you earn money? And you're just like, what do you mean? I, I haven't had a day off since March. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? How do I, I literally am working all the time. <laughs> like, and so it's sort of this, people don't really understand what, it, you know, we don't get holiday pay and, you know, I can't, I can't take time off and I don't have this sort of, you know, I can't just have an RDO and get paid for it. Like, you know, what you do if you're a tradie or in, in these other jobs. So it's an industry that people don't really understand, which is um, which is interesting as a freelancer. And, you know, I wish that people did understand it more so that they could sort of see the value of what we do as musicians and sort of understand that, you know, our time is money. And yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of, we're sort of back in the same position that we were before we were in COVID actually, as sort of having to re-explain how important it is to pay us the right amount of money. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing really was, was learnt from that again. Um, which is which is interesting. Um, you know, there's there's always a new fight that ha- has to happen, and I wish that we would come back to the fact that you know, you know, freelancers need you, we need a wage, and there was talk of that during COVID, and I wish that that would come back. So they've know, moved on. They've moved on to something <laughs> else now. So um, <laughs> I don't know what someone, happened with that. Someone else might get that. We're not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of the arts, um, I say obviously just because I now sound like a big stalker, but for those that don't know, um, Jess, your brother, Baden, is um, also an artist. He's a dancer, um, beautiful dancer. And he also appears in a little music video that we have going on. If anyone hasn't seen it, I don't have the heart just gorgeous and he's also got a track on this album can i'm just going to play a bit of that right now because it's beautiful so this is baden's song Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And I know that Bloodline was really like an album partly created for your mother. And I love the fact now that Bro's got himself a song. Can you talk me through this? Yeah, sure. So Baden is, yeah, he he danced for Bangara for about six or seven years. And he has now, I guess it's not retired, but that's what dancers say when they move on from the company. And he, he actually lives in Taipei. He's um, doing dance over there and he's learnt Mandarin and he's working with Indigenous people over there doing dance. But he is a massive inspiration of mine. And he also is in the film clip. 
he's the solo dancer in the film clip for Unbreakable, which is the single um, video clip for the single track, the title track as well, which you guys will see. And he is just, he's always been a really massive champion of mine as well as he, as I am of his. And, um, you know, we're, we come from a massive family, the six siblings and him and I are sort of the only two that pursued a career in the entertainment. And so we sort of always have each other's backs and also, you know, being Torres Strait Islander, um, artist as well, you know, we're a minority within a minority and, he is just such a great cultural advisor for me as well. Like he really has such a passion for finding out our family history. And I saw him as a young boy doing ballet initially. And that's what his song is about. It's about him finding his place and his space on stage and really about seeing him go from this sort of awkward, chubby little boy ballet dancer to just you know performing on international stages and you know now he's over in Taiwan performing and he's just doing incredible things and I know he'll continue to do incredible things so yeah Baden Song is really just an, an inspiration but yeah the, the film clip Unbreakable you'll see him performing solo on stage and he choreographed all of that as well as I Don't Have the Heart um and yeah I just I really love working with him he's just got such great ideas and it's nice to have a sibling that works in the arts as well that you can bounce ideas off. Absolutely, but it's just really gorgeous how it comes through your music. Um, I know you have had some incredible uh, collaborations and you you said mentors before, like Paul Kelly, you Archie Roach, like Jesus, and uh, Tina Arena, um, which if anyone hasn't seen, actually, do you know what? I want to play a bit of it now because this is just incredible. Jess and Tina singing Sorrento Moon. Picture us just smiling there. We didn't have the care. And I remember how it all came true. Oh my God, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yeah, talk to me just about like, I mean, I guess because you've, I imagine because you've been involved in so many aspects of the industry, you've just been, you've had these connections, but I just, I don't know if everyone makes the most of those connections necessarily when running to the top. Um, yeah, I guess I wanted to know how how have these mentors shaped you as a songwriter and a performer? Oh, that's a really good question. I think, um, yeah, look, they are all like such Australian icons and I actually would not have met any of those people without another Australian icon, um, Kate Miller-Heidke. And yes. she is somebody that I have worked as a backing vocalist for for maybe the last seven years and she was a huge champion of mine initially I, I met her doing the rabbits um with opera australia must be seven years ago now <laughs> and i from all of them i think what i have learned the most is and it sounds so silly but 
it's about kindness and generosity as a performer and as a singer on stage. And because I have to say that that's not something that everybody gives on stage and off stage. And all of those people like Tina, Archie, Paul and Kate are just incredible people on and off stage. They are the they are genuine human beings who want to uplift and bring young talent onto this um, international platform and ju they just want to push people forward because you know they already have this they already have their platforms and they want other people to have what they have and there's something so incredibly humble about that and you know I want to get to a position where they are so that I can do that for the next generation that's coming up behind me. And honestly, I think that that's probably what I have learned the most from them. And that's why I keep, that's why I want to work so hard so that I can get to that, that level where they are so that I can do what they're doing for me, for the next people that are coming behind me. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think it, it just goes back to that number one life rule, you know, don't be a dick. <laughs> just, oh my God. You know. It's, so easy to say, but so hard for some people to like actually enact. <laughs> not so easy to apply in some circles. Yeah, not so easy to apply. <laughs> and like, there's so many amazing people out there. It's it's like you know, it's probably more amazing people than not. But you know, you do meet them, meet some people. And you're just like, oh my gosh, why am I in this industry? I can't handle this. But um, those those mentors are incredible and you know they're all really good friends of mine I mean obviously Uncle Archie has passed away now but you know Tina and Paul and Kate are all really good friends of mine now and they all you know I can always lean on them for advice and um, you know I texted Tina the other day I was like do you want do you want a copy of the album she's like I would love one uh, I just got a record player this week I can play the record I was like oh great <laughs> so I'm gonna post one out to her this week and um yeah, so it's it's really nice to have those sorts of people on your on your side, and yeah, it's good. Is this <laughs> like? Really are you, do you still get those pinch me moments where you? I mean, just even that sentence. I messaged Tina Arena and said, "Do you want a copy of my album?" And she said, "Yes, please." Like, <laughs> I do. I sort of. I I never get starstruck, but I do sort of get excited that I have people in my corner and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not sort of. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have I don't I don't have those pinch me moments. I suppose, but they all just seem when you get to know them, they seem like less famous or something. <laughs> they just seem like normal normal regular people, and yeah, and that you know they're all just they're all just as you know your Aussie Aussie blokes and women and yeah they're just like you and me, <laughs> which is great. But you yeah. still have to remember like. 12 year old Jess singing in the car yes. going like imagine that because you role played a lot going I'll just message Tina Arena and see if she wants a copy of my album come on like <laughs> it is true it is it is true I do I did think like maybe I shouldn't be doing this like that's probably a bit much but she was like she's so nice she is so so nice so yeah I do I do I think I get more starstruck when my friends are like oh my gosh Paul Kelly wow like I can't believe you know him and I'm like oh yeah he's famous whereas I'm like you know I I see him in his little shorts and sandals on the weekend and I'm like he looks like a little grandpa and I'm just like oh yeah he's famous <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up oh but um 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just funny. Yes, that's Australian famous. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that's Australian famous. He's you know, he's the same age as my dad. And like <laughs> he just like oh, yeah, you know, he, he broke his phone last time I saw him and I was over there trying to help him fix it. And I don't know, it was just like dad, he's just I look at him as like my dad mode. Now. There's a lot of dad vibes coming up. <laughs> There's there, a lot that's... of dad vibes. <laughs> And then he's like on, you know, he's like the rock god on stage and people just love him. And you know, and as they should, his music is legendary. And, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, they are such cool people. So, yeah, I, I love being able to work with them and, yeah, hope that one day I can be at that level. Ah, of course you will. Listen to those pipes. <laughs> and in doing so, I know I'm playing so many songs, This, but everyone loves it. It's good. Um, I actually just now want to play title track Unbreakable, as just discussed. Somehow I found my voice so I could sing this song. I am Now, I understand why it's title track because, um, you know, those are some pipes on you there. Talk to me about this gorgeous track. And and really, like, was it always going to be the title track? Like, when did it come up in the creation of this album? Yeah, so this was probably, it came up pretty late, actually. I wrote this song, so this is probably the most um, emotional song on the album and the most personal song on the album I would say and during lockdown I work with a lot of Aboriginal kids um, over the years and children's choir and during lockdown one of a 14 year old boy that we were working with committed suicide and I was really good friends with his sister and I had worked with him a lot over the years and he it was, yeah, it was a complete shock and very, very sad. And probably about, I mean, maybe, God, almost like a year later I wrote this song because lockdown went forever. And I um, I wrote this song to Piper, that's her name, and it was sort of this, like, love letter, I guess, and uh, to her about how, you know, the the traumas of youth don't have to define who you are as an adult and I wrote it partly because of how how strong she was being and how amazing and comforting she was being to other people and and yeah and also and also how she used she was a singer and that's how I knew her she was I taught her singing and her taught her brother how to sing as well and yeah it was it's it's about that and it's also about yeah just just become just strengthening yourself because of music and it's exactly what I was saying before it's about just um becoming unbreakable by telling your stories through music and you know letting things go through music and yeah just finding your truth through music and yeah it's a very it's a very very sad song and um every time I tell the story and then sing it people are always crying and um 
yeah, I the film clip, um, which you know, I you definitely should go online and watch is of my brother dancing on stage by himself, and that's sort of representative of um, of Abe who passed away, and he was a great performer, and yeah, it was it's sort of him just being free now, yeah. Those are the songs, like, you know, you say people get there, but the reason we listen to music, all music, is to just unlock the thing that we've squashed down inside of us to get through the day. So, you know, these these songs are so healing and we sing them and we'll end up singing along to it with tears in our eyes and smiling. But it's the whole, you know, it's the whole journey. Look at me, I'm telling you how to, <laughs> telling you what you're just no, for. <laughs> it's great to hear other people, like I want to hear other people's interpretation. Like, you know, that's that's the great thing about songwriting and music making. I, I have my stories and what I think my songs are about and and what I well what I know my songs are about and but other people take away what they think is their song what my songs are about and they have their own they carry their own messages with them and that's what I love about songwriting is that you know people connect to my music in a different way every single time and I love that that people go oh I connected it to it because of this experience that I had which had nothing to do with what I wrote the song about and it's like oh great I love that that you you know, you had an emotional experience because of something else that that song was not nothing about that. So, you know, but you really loved it because it, you know, it felt, you felt it in a different way. So yeah, that's what music, that's the power of music. Um, exactly. And that's why I love it so much. Oh, yeah. gorgeous. Now just tell me, there's lots of singing as it, there should be being a singer and having this beautiful album. What is coming up for you for the rest of the year? Well, soon yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well firstly I've got the album launch coming up which is um down in Anglesey which is in Victoria July 29th Saturday July 29th so that'll be the big album launch we're gonna have my full band there and I will be supported by the amazing Gem Casa Daily so make sure you get your tickets it's going to be a really amazing night of you know First Nations women um, singing their songs and then yeah I've got some other touring coming up after that so definitely jump on my, follow me on my socials and I'll um, announce all those things coming up soon but July 29th will be the album launch down in Anglesey. Incredible that's a great place as well so even out of town let's just get down there. Yes it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today honestly thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, Jess's new album, Unbreakable, which you've just heard nuggets of, is out now and you can download it and stream it on all platforms. You can also buy it on vinyl and be just like Tina Arena or CD copy and get some gorgeous merch on her website at jesshitchcock.com. Now, before we go, a quick reminder that issue 14 of Women in Pop magazine with Miley Cyrus on the cover is out right now and features interviews with Peach PRC, Freya Ridings, Alison Goldfrapp, Kate Sobrano and more. Buy your copy now at a news agency near you or at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Thank you for listening today. Until next time, from myself and Jess Hitchcock, goodbye. See you later.